Hey, everybody, and welcome back in to Locked On Bama. Luke Robinson, that's me. Jimmy Stein, that's him. Jimmy, how are you today? Doing fine. Doing fine in this new world. Still making my way in the new world. A little yeah, bit like Columbus, you... who has his own day. And speaking of Columbus, I have three children that live in Columbus, and apparently there was a state of emergency declared by the governor there today, and they're probably just a hair away from being sheltered at home. Everybody just stay in your house. Um, that, that's that's probably next on the list, which means, you know, Alabama will probably get that later. Um, but, yeah, this thing is no about to be that. Yeah, this, it, it sucks. I mean, it sucks for everybody. And I know they've got a stimulus package coming and all that's great. But, um, you know, it's it's tough. It's going to be tough on a lot of folks, Jimmy. I mean, there are people here in a little town of Ellick City. I mean, you, you tell them to shut the doors for two days and they're like, okay, how the hell are we going to make payroll? I mean, it's, it's tough. It's tough sledding, man. Oh, yeah. I mean, we could obviously talk about it for a week, but nobody uh, nobody tunes in to us to talk about that. They tune in to uh, escape from that. So let's give them the escapism they want. Hold the heroin. I'm, I'm right there with you. But first of all, I want to tell everybody, I got this from our director of systems from the Locked On Network, Kylie Young. She says, here's an offer. For a limited time, Postmates is giving our listeners $100 of free delivery credit for your first seven days. To start your free deliveries, download the app of Postmates and use code LOCKEDONNBA. LOCKEDONNBA. They were just going to do it for the NBA, but um, now they're doing it for everybody. It's pretty awesome. Uh, So check out Postmates and use that app. Uh, Before we get into what we're going to talk about today, which is the 2008 LSU-Alabama game, uh, 24-7 did come out with their – rankings of the uh the top 2022 kids and um yeah i mean a lot of alabama guys on there that would be Uh, upcoming juniors that would be upcoming juniors right so uh Uh, i have not seen it have you have you seen it enough to notice the alabama guys yeah in fact um i've got him right alexander the top yeah jeremiah is our guy robert woodyard up there yeah there's only one uh top uh, there's only one five-star period, right? And I kind of like that because yes. we don't know if they're five stars yet. Jeremiah Alexander will be one. But, Probably. Um, mm-hmm. Anyway, so Alexander's number one in the state. And um, let's see, I don't see where they have it. I mean, he, I could pull it back up listed nationally. Right. but uh, And then Emmanuel Henderson, the uh, running back from Geneva. From County, Geneva. Auburn is, Lean, by the way. Early Auburn he, Lean. I think he grew up an Auburn fan. <clears throat> And then uh, Traquan Fegans from Oxford. Oxford. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's number three in the state. Number four is Curtis Perry. Um, number five is Woodyard, who's dropped a little bit. Um, hmm. and Probably because of his knee. It could be that. And it's also this. I mean, he grew up sort of a back. He transitioned to linebacker. And here's the knock against him. It's why he probably won't be a five-star. And, and, and this is fine with me. I don't care that he's not a five-star because five-star should be and is largely based on your NFL potential, really. I, I think uh, Woodyard's not the tallest or longest guy. Most linebackers, he's, he's sort of taller, longer. Uh, it wouldn't surprise me. Woodyard might be a little short, um, you know, for, for a linebacker, a little short. So 
he might be listed in places, maybe even at six two, but but he's probably more like six foot even, maybe even. I mean, I would say, I mean, maybe just barely over six foot, and uh, and he's got the athleticism of an outside guy, but he's sort of built like a future inside guy, and and I think for those reasons, he'll probably end up being a national top one hundred guy, but not a national top thirty guy, which makes you a five star. So. It, it doesn't change anything for me. I, I, I would take the kid right now, you know, even yeah, in Alabama. No but, yeah. Um, yeah. And then number six in the state is Riley Quick, Pierce Quick's brother. Pierce, so you yeah. got to feel like he isn't – they've got him in the national top 150, I think, or maybe top 200. And He's um, a good baseball player. Show what an athlete he is. He's a really good baseball player, which is strange for a kid his size. Yeah, they've got him listed as a strong side defensive end, 6'5", 242. Um Justice Finkley from Hewitt Trustful, weak side defensive end. Caden yeah, Story, uh, Christian Story's brother, brother who yeah. is very good. He's huge, 6'4", 235. Um, they got him just as an athlete. There's no telling where he'll play. Um, T.J. Dudley from Montgomery Catholic. And then Lucas Taylor. Taylor, St. Paul's. Yeah. yeah, Lucas Taylor is a really good prospect with a lot of good offers. He's an offensive lineman from, uh, from St. Paul's, which is a powerhouse for prospects down here. Uh, Lucas is a really good prospect for sure. Likely a kid that will have an Alabama offer at some point. Uh, I'm this may blow up totally in my face one day, and it's so early. So, I mean, we're just basing this on what on tenth grade tape, right? Uh, mm-hmm. I, I, I I would just I'm not totally on board with him just yet. Let's let's see with him, and and this is a kid who already has a lot of good SEC offers, but I'm not sure. The kid from my area that is not on those lists who should be and who will be, he's just had a whole lot of trouble in terms of transferring high schools because he doesn't seem to be happy no matter where he's at. But uh, Anthony Mix Jr., son of former Auburn wide receiver tight end Anthony Mix, he is a hell of an athlete. I have no doubt athletically he's a national top 100 guy. As a matter of fact, if I was told today – Jimmy, for Alabama, you can have Robert Woodyard or Anthony Mix Jr. You can have either one. I'm going to need like 30 minutes to make up my mind. Oh, wow. I mean, yeah, I mean, Mix is really athletic. He is very talented, but he grew up in Baymanette, so he went to Baldwin County High School, where his dad was a legend. Baldwin County, not a good program, doesn't get a lot of eyeballs. So up in the middle of everything, he decides, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to go to Spanish Fort, (laughs) which is a powerhouse, and right down the road – and has a reputation for recruiting players, I guess you could say. I mean, it's a reputation. I don't know if it's true or not, but it looks bad when you have that reputation and all of a sudden the kid 30 miles up the road or 20 miles up the road says, hey, I'm coming to your program midseason. That created all sorts of issues, and frankly, I don't know what they are, and I don't even know where Mix is going to play in the fall. I've heard maybe that he's back at Baymanette. I, I don't know, but hmm. I'm just saying he, he's one heck I saw him against Sarah Land, which is a great team with a lot of good prospects. I saw him against Sarah Land last year, and Sarah Land won the game like 49 to nothing, and Mix was the best kid on the field, even wow. though his team lost 49 to nothing. That's how good he is when you're like, you know, Mix is better than any kid on Sarah Land who's winning this game 49 to nothing. <laughs> so, and he was playing quarterback, and really he's a, he's a wide receiver DB type, you know, and, but boy. He is a he is a greyhound man. Uh, I, I love that kid as a player, but who knows what's happening off the field? So that's a little. Uh, and who knows if Alabama's got a real shot 
with his dad being an, an Auburn legacy. I don't know. But I also know this, uh, just just again from reputation and whisper. I don't know. I, the kid might be the son of an Auburn legacy, uh, but I, I feel like they're a little more likely to make a business decision. You know, if they feel like Alabama's the better spot for him, I think that's what would happen. I I, I, I get that sense anyway. That could be really wrong. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah, when you say Anthony Mix, I mean, I think most people know he played at Auburn. He wore number nine, if memory serves. Um, and uh, he was a good player. I mean, Anthony Mix was a good player. I wouldn't – I would stop saying he's a great player, but he's he's he was a very good player, solid player. Probably he was one a of better those recruit. Players. He was a big-time yeah. recruit. Yeah. Maybe a little better as a recruit than he ended up being, but, uh, you know, regardless. Uh, okay, Jimmy, let's take a break. When we come back, we're going to talk about that 2008 LSU game as promised. All right, we're back. Jimmy, one of the things we're doing now, we're going back and just sort of revisiting some big games of the Saban dynasty. We may, you know, reach back into some Ray Perkins or Bill Curry or Mike Dubose or some other games later on. But for now, we're just sticking with Nick Saban stuff, and we're in 2008. Did Clemson last time. Going to talk about LSU this time because most everybody else has sort of hashed and rehashed the Georgia game, which was pretty incredible. But um, this game, you know, I, I got to do it on the YouTube where you get to see it for like 23 minutes. They condense it into 23, you know, pertinent minutes. Uh, I was at this game too, um, which was very cool. I loved every minute of it. It was a lot of fun. Um, I forgot LSU was only ranked number 16 at the time. Uh, we were ranked number one, of course, because Florida had uh, had lost a little bit earlier in the year to Ole Miss, if everybody remembers. And so it was number one versus number sixteen, and we come out guns a blazing, like we did. Glenn Coffee first run, pow! I mean, just typical Saban Alabama stuff. And the other thing I noticed, ah, man, when you play in Tiger Stadium at two thirty in the afternoon, late in the season. The shadows on that field suck so hard because it's kind of hard to follow the action. Well, doesn't <laughs> it? I mean, I mean, I mean, in in terms of the time of day, I mean, mm-hmm. obviously. So, so, are you talking about like not in the? If I remember, that was like second half, right? When no, it was, uh, it was a two thirty game, so it was the first half where the the okay. shadows started kicking in. I was like, boy, this really sucks. I guess I now, did. Yeah, I didn't really notice that on my screen. I didn't really notice that, too. Of course, I'm watching on my computer. This is something I watched at work on my laptop. I normally watch games on the big screen here at the house. But, uh, no, I, I watched the game on my laptop at the office uh, this morning. And uh, I didn't really notice that problem, but it could be because my my laptop is, is not was, was not created in the century, I don't believe. That, that's true. I mean, it was your, – your laptop was carved, not, not actually manufactured. <laughs> Um, I got my foot stuck in the CPU. Uh, and then, so John Parker Wilson makes a great play on, you think he's going to run, he, he sort of dips back at the last second, passes it to Earl Alexander, gets to the goal line and fumbles right at the freaking goal line. I mean, it goes out of bounds, and of course it goes to LSU. I mean, it doesn't affect us much because Rashad, by God, Johnson got the first of his three interceptions on the day shortly thereafter, and uh, we did score. And it turns out I was right because it was John Parker Wilson on a sneak uh, getting the uh, getting the touchdown, and that's when he did the phone call, cell phone mm-hmm. thing, because LSU fans have been calling him, and we got penalized for it. We did, and today he might even. I mean, sometimes you can get tossed out of the game. It doesn't matter because you know we 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 won, 
we won the game and it didn't uh, it didn't hurt us and 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 for whatever reason it ends up a memory etched in your head that that happened but it was to me after to me it was a very even game there were some ebbs and flows to it we come out of the gate just kicking their ass physically outstanding i mean where we're just physically whipping them on both sides of the ball but then they score a couple of times and, and, and it kind of goes back and forth, and it's pretty even. I think Alabama wins the second half, but then they win the last eight minutes of the game. And, yeah. and that's how it ends up tied. And we, we could, in the end, a couple of things were in our favor. They ran it a little better than we did, which I didn't remember. I did not remember that until I watched it. They, they were able to run the ball on us better than we ran it on them. Not by a lot. But by, by a bit, Mark Ingram, total non-factor. And, of course, that's fine. as a true freshman playing in Baton Rouge. I'm not going to put that on him. But he only had six yards on five carries. Glenn Coffey and Julio Jones was great, by the way, as a true freshman playing in Baton Rouge. Something like six catches for 160 yards. I mean, yeah, that's outrageous for a true freshman. I think we already knew Julio's greatness then. But looking back on it, you're like, what true freshman does that? And let's remember, let's get back to game setup a little bit. We were ranked higher than they were, but we were new to being really good again. This yeah. same Alabama team the year before lost to Louisiana Monroe. At the time we were losing to Louisiana Monroe, LSU was winning the national championship. They were the national champions. They were, they were, they were Clemson. They're the LSU of right now. You know, they just won the national title. We lost Louisiana Monroe. A year later, we're ranked higher and we're favored, and we're in their place. Again, I get back to the transformation of our program overnight with a lot of inherited players, but the new kids that Nick brought in, Julio, we don't win that game without Julio, another kid that made a big difference. They ran the ball on us pretty good, but not great. I saw two or three plays where Terrence Cody – he didn't make the tackle, and he gets no stat on the play, but he was the reason that, that their running play went nowhere. He, yeah. he controlled two gaps better than any Alabama player I've ever seen or ever will see. He was a fantastic 3-4 nose guard when the goal of the defense is to stop the run, which is what Nick Saban did even today, but especially back then. So Saban sprinkles in these new guys that, that, that really put us over the top. But I'm just amazed that we were this good considering just several games earlier we had lost Louisiana Monroe. I mean, it's just several games before when you think about it. So, uh, but anyway, the game goes back and forth, back and forth. There are a couple of heroes, but if I'm given a hero of the game, there's one guy that deserves it more than any other, and there's no question who it is. It's not Julio and it's not Coffee, but it's Rashad Johnson who had not only a three-interception game, but the two biggest plays of the game. The, he intercepted the ball and ran it back for a touchdown, which is vital in a defensive slugfest. When neither offense is having a lot of success, both these teams only had 350 yards of offense. That, that wasn't a lot of offense, about 350 apiece. Rashad picks off a ball and pauses it. That's critical. That's why this game went into overtime. Not, not because it happened at the end, but without that play, we're not in overtime. And then in overtime, he picks off his third ball of the day, uh, allowing Alabama the possession 
I mean, or, or, or allowing it just to be a, a one possession each overtime with, with Alabama scoring, as we talked about before. So Rashad Johnson, the MVP, unbelievable that he was a walk-on and, and ended up being such an All-American type player for us and then a long-time success in the NFL, now part of the Alabama broadcast crew. Unbelievable story that a walk-on could, could do that well, but also symptomatic of the Shula era when we didn't have the talent like we have now and we needed walk-ons to play. We didn't have enough scholarship players. We needed walk-ons to play. And here's one that comes, sees his opportunity as a running back. It was actually showed up at Alabama to play running back, moved to defensive back and becomes a pro football player, uh, along with Levi Wallace, Rashad Johnson, the greatest walk-on story. Uh, in Alabama history, and Rashad's a true MVP. Uh, great win for Alabama. We beat the defending national champions on the road. As much as the Clemson game that we talked about, Luke, signaled that Alabama's really back and it's not a false alarm, this is like Alabama's for real now. This is a team that's tough and good. And then the Georgia game puts us over the top as in like, well, we, we told you Alabama was back. Look, they just beat a really good Georgia team in Athens. We just beat the defending national champs. Now we're clearly, clearly by anyone's definition after that LSU game, Luke, we're a legitimate national championship contender. We might not win the national championship, but if somebody wants to win it, they're going to have to beat Alabama. And that's exactly how it all went down. Um, So let's go ahead and take a break. And when we come back, we're going to talk a little bit more about this game because there still is a lot to digest. So, Jimmy, you you touched on most everything I wanted to talk about for the most part, but I I think this game, Julio probably had better games if you want to talk about the Tennessee game where he had 200 and some odd yards receiving, which a record which stood for a long time. Um, Well, I say a long time. I guess long time relative to Saban era. Um, It should have stood for a long time if we didn't have guys like Amari Cooper and Devontae Smith. but it, 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 I guess it broke a record that had been around for a while. Um, and he had a better game then. Uh, in the Auburn game in 09, when he uh, sort of helped, really he's the one that got Alabama in scoring position to have the game-winning touchdown to Roy Upchurch. He had some great moments. But the LSU game in 09, when he caught the pass, uh, just a little screen pass and just took it to that crib. Uh, but this game might have been the most Julio of Julio games. He didn't have a touchdown, but every time he caught the ball, no one person was bringing him down. And yeah. it there are plenty of times when he was hit, and actually it wasn't just like he was hit like a, like a not wrap-up uh, missile shot. The guy would have his arms around his waist, and Julio's dragging him, and then another dude would pile on, and Julio's dragging him a little bit slower, but still dragging, and then another dude comes, and he's still dragging. He he was the epitome of get three to four extra yards after a catch, after initial contact. I mean, it was crazy how every catch was like that, and then the one time Patrick Peterson did bring him down um, in overtime, but Julio had already done the damage that needed to be done. It was a beautiful pass from John Parker Wilson, too. Um, It's just a shame. It would have been a lot more of an interesting, fun ending had Julio been able to get those extra two yards to get that touchdown and win it in overtime. Um, You know, Coffee, you're talking about the running game. You're right. Alabama was outrushed by, what, 80 yards in that game, plus or minus. Uh, But Coffee had a good game, 26 carries, 126 
uh, yards with two touchdowns. And uh, John Parker Wilson, well, actually, Coffee only had one TD. John Parker Wilson had two touchdowns. Uh, rushing, hit, rushing, passing wise, he was 15 of 31 for 215 and a pick. I mean, that sounds about like what most Alabama quarterbacks are prior to Tua Tungle Bailoa. And that's um, right. I think Tua Tua's ruining <laughs> Tua's ruining yeah. the perception of all previous Alabama quarterbacks. And I'm not saying John Parker Wilson's great. I'm just saying this. By all Alabama standards previously set, John Parker's a pretty good quarterback. Oh yeah. Well, he's not pretty good. He's real good. Yeah. And his senior year. I mean, obviously people look at, you know, if you want to complain about that he was a 500 quarterback, you know, as a sophomore and a junior. I mean, good Lord. I mean, you're going to, you know, uh, that's, that's insane. Let, let's go, uh, let's go stick Patrick Mahomes at uh, Kansas and yeah. uh, let, let, let's see if he wins the Heisman. Hell, Patrick no. Mahomes didn't win the Heisman at Texas Tech. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. As a matter of fact, coming out of Texas Tech, a lot of people were like, he's a product of the system. That's what they right. said about him, you know, but. No, no, a product of the system that lost games, losing four and five games a year. So, no, John Parker is a good player. I said this the other day on TR somewhere, and, and, and as usual, it gets misconstrued. But, I, but look, quarterbacks. Here's here's who here's the quarterback that's almost always overrated. Six four, huge arm, runs a four five forty. That that guy's going to be rated really highly. Everyone's going to want him, and some of the time that guy ends up really good. But most of the time, that guy's overrated. Here's who is perpetually underrated: barely over six foot, not fast, doesn't have a huge arm, wins games every single week. That guy is underrated, and. That's sort of John Parker in his senior year once he had a good team around him. You know, yeah. um, game managers, it, it's, it's like my perpetual soapbox game. I, and I heard a coach on TV one time, he put it really good. Uh, this was a head football coach, a head college coach on ESPNU one time. I'll never forget it because he said it better than I could. A, a, an analyst used the term game manager, and you could tell when he was discussing a player – but he said it in a way that most fans take it almost in a derogatory way. Well, he's a game manager and said it in almost a derogatory way. And the coach, a head coach interrupted him and said, Hey, by game manager, did you mean a guy that always gets you in the right play, never turns over the ball. And despite his stats, when the game's over your team won, you know, if I had more game managers in my career, I'd still be coaching right now instead of fired. That's right. And, and, and that's, that's football. Um, but yeah, John Parker was, I mean, he, he was, he, he was what we needed at the time uh, because it helped us establish the culture because we needed yeah. to be the, the, be tougher. We need, tough. we had been so non-tough Great. under Shula. We glad needed you, to be tough. Glad you used that term tough. That's exactly right. Um, but in fact, you know, just writing notes, this game is going along. Uh, first of all, Patrick Peterson did get a, that pick on John Parker Wilson. It was a great play, too. And, you know, man, it, it just reminded me of uh, all these other LSU defensive backs of, like, you know, Dude. as freshmen, they always seem to, you know, this Elias Ricks guy is going to be the next one. 
Um, <laughs> well, and the dude they got right now, uh, Stanley. Yeah. Good Stanley, Lord. He made some plays that are just disgusting. He's Patrick um, Peterson. He's Patrick Peterson all over again. Gosh, it gets me off I, another, another thing. But I, I, I still love Alabama LSU. I mean, I think it peaked in 2011. It peaked in 2011. But it's still really good. But, man, the reason I enjoy watching this game today, and I watched some of it on Fast Forward like you did, and then I watched some of the broadcasts. Uh, but the reason <laughs> – and I know that so many Alabama fans, you know, they're they're so into Alabama and like like we are. But you just got to learn to appreciate what you're watching. And when you see Patrick Peterson as a freshman make that pick, and and you watch that LSU team who were the defending national champs, dudes, man, their dudes are like ours. Yeah. They have freaks. They have great football players. And hey, I'm I'm an Alabama fan first and foremost, and will be forever and ever and ever. But I'm also a football fan, and, man, I, I love watching them. I and when you put all these freaky, talented kids on the field at the same time, that's why it's so much fun. That's why the games are tight, and the competition is so fierce. There was some hitting in this game. Whew, again, it wasn't like 2011. That was the peak game of the Alabama-LSU series. Uh, but, whew, yeah, Patrick Peterson's fun to watch, just like Stingley is now. And just like Elias Ricks is going to be, um, I noticed Lee Tiffin yanked a field goal. I didn't. I forgot <laughs> he, he yanked two. one. Uh, <laughs> he missed two. Uh, we bragged on him just yesterday. Blocked. The one at the end was blocked. Yeah, yeah, um, that's right. That's right. The one at the end was blocked. Uh, the big, yeah. the big uh, interception return for a touchdown. You're absolutely right. By Rashad Johnson was just a thing of beauty. Um, and we needed it so much for momentum because they had a seven-point lead at the time, and they had the ball, obviously, and they were on, you know, they were like on their own 30, and he threw one, kind of let one sail over the middle, Jarrett Lee did. Um, Arenas never really got untracked until, the like, his final punt return. He had a shot, and I thought he was going to break it. I remember being in the game like, oh, shit, he's going to break this one, just like he broke it in 07 when it was the loudest I'd ever heard Brian Denny. Um but he he got caught, and I think we had to punt after that. John Parker Wilson, um, actually, that arenas may may have been it may, maybe I'm misremembering. Maybe it wasn't that. Uh, no, I think it was when I said it was. Um, but the there was a great drive by John Parker Wilson to get in the field goal range, and then he had a run for a touchdown, and it was called back due to a hold, which seemed you know whatever. But um, and then we had to punt, and then they had to punt. And that was when Arenas got the big return, and it set us up in a good position. Um, okay, so this is the other thing I noticed. We go to overtime. They We get the ball. No, they get the ball first, obviously. On third and six is when the interception is thrown by Jarrett Lee, and, and Rashad Johnson gets it. And who does he run up and chest bump first person? Kirby Smart. <laughs> Um, who was but a child? Who was who but was a child? But a child. I was first year Alabama DC because Kevin Steele was our DC in 07. That's right. right. I so, think that's right. So this is Kirby Smart's first year as a DC. Who would have known 13 years later he'd be Dr. Evil to Alabama? Yeah. 12 years later. Uh, but, uh, and then the other thing I noticed from that game, you know, I love looking back at some of the old scores like BYU was number 17 or some shit. Um, Oklahoma uh, beat the fire out of. How is BYU not better? I mean, I guess I see BYU's recruiting disadvantages. 
I see them. I mean, I get it. I mean, that it's got to be hard to recruit to a campus where I think it's the death penalty if you're called with the beer. So that's that. <laughs> maybe, maybe I'm answering my own question, but it truly is a national program. That beautiful stadium, that great history. To me, it's a cool place. And while it's a very small demographic, they should dominate it and get the kids they want out of their small demographic. And I'm not just talking about Mormons. I'm talking about like, you know, white Mormons. Well, kids that that want to be really serious about their devotions and studies, and kids who don't drink uh, anyway, and that don't party, and that are going to college, and and then they also get to do their mission work, which means that their kids generally are older than their competition because many of them have been away on their missions and come back. Um, and, and they have a great quarterback history, almost unrivaled. I mean, they've had as many good quarterbacks. Now, I know it's been a good while, but I'm just saying BYU should be better than they are. They also have their own network. I mean, the uh, that Mormon network that's on, that's on all the cable and satellites, and they play BYU games, and, and it's all – BYU all day long. I mean, they they had that way before the Longhorns had their own network. So yeah, but their network is just. I mean, like that's the problem. Yes, it's BYU all the time. Oh wait a minute, it's BYU all the time. Um, <laughs> I'm so, just saying. Then, I'm not saying they should be top five. I'm just saying why hasn't BYU been getting better? And you know, it's about coaching. They haven't had the right guy. It, in, that's kind of like time. saying HBO. Uh, has nothing but Caddyshack 2 all the time. <laughs> um, <laughs> Wyoming beat Tennessee on this day, 13-7. to 7. Oh, man. Did you see that I wonder, on the scroll? I, I didn't notice that. I, I, I wonder if for – I wonder – it would be fun – I say fun – to go back to like 98 Tennessee when they won the national championship, peak former 98. They win the national title with T. Martin. And it would be fun going through their results and game to game and sort of circle a game. Just like yesterday, Luke, we circled the Clemson game as when it all turned around for Alabama. That was the birth of the Saban dynasty that lives to this day. I wonder if there's a Tennessee game we could circle that was the death of Tennessee that they've never really recovered from. Well, I'll find that. Yeah, let, let's let's let, let's look at that in the next day or two. It'll be hard to find one because there's been. Some, but what 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 game did they lose that they never really bounced back from? I'll tell you and, one. I'll tell you one that jumps to mind, and you may call me crazy here, but what about uh, Alabama Tennessee 2007 when we had Bookgate and yeah. you know. The, the line went off the board for a while because everybody was like, oh, shit. Now, I'm looking at their 07 season. They did finish number 12, unbelievably, at 10 and 4. Um, How did we? Uh, so, we can't, so it had to be after that then. Yeah. They Now, here's the thing, though. That we beat them 41-17. And then they squeaked by South Kakalaki 27-24 in overtime. They beat Louisiana Lafayette. They beat Arkansas. They beat Vandy. I mean, blah, they beat Vandy 25-24. They win at Kentucky in four overtimes, 52-50. to Oh, they weren't very they, good then. They do go to the George Dome to play LSU, and they get they get beat 21-24. Um, so maybe this – maybe that isn't it. But, it, you know, you can start seeing chinks in the armor by then, at least. Chinks I mean, in the armor, yes. And maybe that's it. Maybe there won't be a game we can circle 
because it's just maybe a slow deterioration. But it would be fun because when you said they lost to Wyoming in 08, that's that's why this sprung to mind. I'm like, you know, it had to have been around 08 when they just went to shit. Well, I may have <laughs> I may have found it starting in 08. Um, they go to UCLA and lose in overtime uh, 24 to 27. What was their record in 08? I'm about to pull that up. Let's see here. Um, it ain't good. Uh, they five and seven because okay, they lose it. And then they, they were they, never they, good after that. They were never good after that. Next Lane Kiffin team, uh, w- 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 you know, almost beat us. And I think they went to a bowl, but they weren't good. And then Lane was gone and they haven't been shit since. Well, so here's I'm the telling thing. you, it's 08. They lose in overtime, then they beat UAB 35 3, lose to Florida in Knoxville 30 to 6, lose at Auburn. 12 to 14. And I remember that game because that game sucked. God, that game was bad. Um, then Northern Illinois, uh, they win 13 to nine, lose uh, it. They're, they're a mess. Lose at Georgia, defeat Mississippi State. They lose to us 29 to nine, lose at South Kakalaki 27 to six, lose to Wyoming 13 to seven. There it is. Wow. There it is. It is Wyoming. I mean, I know they mm-hmm. lost several going in, but that's the inexcusable. You've got to be kidding me loss. The other yeah. ones are like, well, pretty decent teams. But yeah. Maybe it was that Wyoming game. I'm just saying, at what point after that Wyoming game, after that Wyoming loss in 08, at what point do you can you say with a straight face Tennessee was back? Yeah. I don't think it's ever happened. It ain't, it ain't an easy place to find it. Um, <laughs> all right, buddy. They have won 10 games. Have they won 10 games? Butch now. Oh, won yeah, 10. they won 10 games. Man. So Butch won 10 once. They won 10 games. I mean, I'm about to hang on. I, I think they've won, I think they've won 10 games a few times since then. Let's see. Um but then I'll take it back. Because 10 wins is a good season. season. Trying to find their seasons here, but yeah. there used to be college football uh, data where, warehouse. I'd look up that stuff and it was good, but I think that website went away. Um yeah, screw it. I'm not gonna look for it anymore. Okay. Um, well, we'll what game you want to do next, man? These are my thoughts. I will let you pick after I narrow it down. I love the chronology because I think it keeps people like, hey, you know, keeps people, you know, if we just jumped around, it's confusing. But uh, do we want it? I believe we, uh, three weeks after LSU, we kicked Auburn's ass. We could do the, we could do the, we ended the Auburn streak emphatically 08 game. Oh, yeah. Or, or I'm not opposed to, some people may be against this. I'm not opposed to doing the 08 Florida loss. Because it's what stopped us from winning the national championship. Um, but you're doing both. Let's well, do the I, I, I don't know if I can watch two. I don't know if I can watch two games in 24 hours. No, no, no. I'm saying we do. Oh, we'll do we do one Auburn. one day and one the next. Okay, let's do Auburn next. Let's do the Auburn game that ended Auburn's six-game win streak against us, and we do it emphatically. It'll be fun to watch and fun to talk about, and it's the game that uh, I think by beating LSU, we won the West anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, beating LSU, we won the West. So, so we're going to the championship game, but we wanted to go to the SEC championship game with the national championship on the line, and that meant beating Auburn. This was the BCS days, not CFP. So you had to be in the top two, and uh, that meant no margin for error. So to continue on in the national championship race and to go to Atlanta in the race – we had to beat Auburn, and we hadn't beaten them in six years. So this is a big game. 
even though we all know we whooped up on that Auburn ass pretty good. Yeah, we did, but it was like it was only ten to nothing at the half, if memory serves. Yeah. So it wasn't it was like half. it was an second absolute half. blowout. Yeah, second half right. made it a blowout. Oh eight Auburn tomorrow. I'm all Auburn all the time. Roll Tide. <laughs> Roll Tide. See y'all tomorrow.